Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a show dedicated to helping you escape diet culture, gain trust with food, honor your body, and live a brighter life. Hello, hello. Welcome back to The Kitchen Table. I'm your host, Alicia Brown. And on today's episode, I want to talk about two things. One, I want to talk about food fear. And I know often we talk about food fear as it relates to like the fear of weight gain here on the show. There's like fat phobia, diet culture that comes up with that. But actually today, I'm going to talk about food fear as it relates to how the body responds to food and the unpredictable nature of how the body responds to food. This is kind of stemming from the food is medicine mentality, right? That the food choices that we make are either leading us on the path of health or the path of disease. Have you ever heard that before? It's like a very fear-based approach to making food decisions, right? Oh, those fries, they're leading you on the path to disease rather than the path to health. (laughs) Garbage. That's such a garbage way of thinking about food, but I've definitely thought that. And I think it was one of the things that sparked my interest in pursuing dietetics. I was like, I want to know the things that are always going to help me choose that path to health decision with food. But that leads to a very fear-driven approach to food. And that's what I want to talk about today on the show. And the second thing that I want to talk about today on the show is the future trajectory of the Kitchen Table podcast. Stay tuned for the end of the episode where I can tell you more about what to expect for the future of the Kitchen Table. I'm very excited about it. And I think you will be too. There's some changes coming up, but I think you'll like them. I think that you'll find them really cool and something to really look forward to in the future. Okay. So first moving from fear to flow with food, this conversation that we're having today at the kitchen table is coming from a presentation that I just made for the IBD dietitians, namely Ashley Hurst. I made um, a recorded webinar for her and for her group. She has a group called the Crohn's and colitis remission blueprint. Couldn't recommend this group enough. If you have IBD or IBD-related disease state, Ashley Hurst is a trusted registered dietitian professional. She's really seen me and my struggles with ulcerative colitis. She's really gravitated to my approach to leveraging embodiment and intuitive eating practices and healing our relationship with food in the process. And so we have collaborated and I have made this presentation for her and her group. And I am recommending her group to you as well, especially if you have IBD or an IBD related disease state, and you're looking for support in that. It's something that I wish I had when I was first diagnosed with UC. There was so much fear with food during that time. There was so much fear as to how how to manage my symptoms. And she helps you not only manage the symptoms, but helps you stay in remission for longer. She is, again, a very trusted dietitian and friend, and it was so fun for me to collaborate with her and make this presentation. And I am just going to share some snippets of the work that I did with her and for her group with you. And so it was all about moving from fear to flow with food. It's about working with our bodies rather than against our bodies. And I have a roadmap filled with four components that I'm going to offer you today to help you move more from fear to flow with food. The first component, you'll probably expect this from me, (laughs) but it's to really understand and know through and through your current relationship with food. What does your current relationship with food look like? Is there a lot of black and white, good or bad thinking in your current relationship with food? How much permission do you allow with food? 
Do you allow yourself permission to have the dessert, the sweets? Do you allow yourself permission to have foods that are quote unquote unhealthy or fun foods that you actually enjoy? Who has the authority over the food, you or a diet? Is your current eating pattern flexible, adaptable to changing circumstances? Do you have a list of safe versus unsafe foods? If any of this is like, yes, I have that. I have the black and white thinking. I have the safe versus unsafe foods. I have um, the good or bad thinking mentality. If this is you and you're like, yes, 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 that's me. It's all there for a reason. All of your systems and structures that you have in place in your current relationship with food, they likely make complete sense in your reality right now. They probably make complete sense as to why they exist. However, they might be damaging your relationship with food more than encouraging or promoting a healthy relationship with food. So it's worth pulling up to the surface to know what you're feeling limited by in your current relationship with food. What is giving you stress? What is giving you anxiety? What don't you want to tolerate anymore in terms of how you treat, perceive, and tolerate food? So that's the first thing. Really think of your current relationship with food. What's giving you the most stress? Second, be objective in your food experiences. So often for so many of us, we have food allergies, sensitivities. For me, again, celiac disease and ulcerative colitis. Oh, did I mention that I don't have a gallbladder? <laughs> I had a cholecystectomy years ago. So when I eat a lot of fat at a meal, um, I have an adverse reaction. And so there are so many considerations that I have when making food choices, but I don't feel limited by them. I don't feel like they're taking away part of my life. They're not causing me stress or anxiety because I know exactly how to navigate those situations. I know how to navigate situations to avoid gluten and still get my needs met. I know how to avoid situations to avoid a very high fat meal to achieve more balance and still get my needs met. I know how to manage symptoms in, in, in many ways <laughs> with my ulcerative colitis. This is the most tricky for me, my UC, um, but I know how to still get my needs met anyway. And I attribute this to a strong sense of food body congruence. This is asking yourself the question, how does food make me feel? If you heard me say that statement right now and you feel immediately trapped by it, there is some work to be done in your current relationship with food. There's a lot of fear there. If you're feeling like the question, how does food make me feel? And you absolutely cringe. I encourage you to get some support. If you are able to receive that question, how does food make me feel? And you're able to receive that with a sense of openness and curiosity. I invite you to explore that further. I invite you to explore what foods, especially during what times, especially if you have IBD, IBS, or a related state or a related disease state where you're kind of feeling like certain foods during certain times are really triggering. Like for me, coffee during flare, during UC is an absolute no-no. How do I get my needs met? Anyway, I do decaf. And so there are ways to be around that where you're absolutely, certainly super crystal clear on what food triggers you at what times so you can avoid it while still getting your needs met anyway. That is having a strong sense of food body congruence, really feeling like you are the expert of your own body and you are crystal clear on as much as you can be about food 
and its triggers and why. Even asking questions about the pathology, about certain foods and how they propagate symptoms in the body. And so having a really clear sense about food, symptoms, and management can help you still get your needs met while learning when to avoid certain foods to remain able to make supportive decisions for your body. Now, this is where if you don't have the right support, you can feel absolutely trapped and feeling like you want to control food is so normal because especially when there's a lot of distrust when the, with the body, when the body is super unpredictable, when you don't know what's going to happen next with the body and you feel sort of helpless in your symptoms, right? You're like, gosh, what can I do? We often turn to food. And often we turn to controlling food and often this leads to over controlling food. This can lead to malnutrition, disordered eating, and a real damaging of our relationships, not just with food in our body, but with other relationships in our life, in our work life, in our other relationships, in our families, with our friends, socially and so forth. It really can impact our lives. And so of course, there's a lot of body distrust. When there's a lot of body distrust, this food body congruence becomes very unclear. This is where I can't recommend Ashley and her support group more if you're feeling like very unclear about what foods are causing you trouble. And there are many dietitians that can help with sensitivities and allergies, et cetera, without falling into that excessively restrictive mindset. Again, that leads to malnutrition, disordered eating, and really starts the cycle of kind of feeling like that sense of control is leading to this loss of control and really a loss of the self in that too. That's really what my experience was with UC as I just like felt like the disease just totally took over my life, my food, my relationships, and was impacting my quality of life so severely. And so get support. Yeah. So if you're feeling like that food body congruence, there's a lot of lack of clarity there. There are people out there that can offer you some support so that you can be very objective about your relationship with food, really knowing what's supportive and what's not, especially during certain times. The more clear you can be on that, the more clearly you'll be able to get your needs met on a more regular basis, even despite changing circumstances. Thirdly, address your mind-body connection. Now, I think this might be even more important, maybe the most important piece of this four-part roadmap to move you from fear to flow with food. Address your mind-body connection. (laughs) I always joke that stress impacts me so much that when Alicia's stressed, the world knows it because she's in the bathroom. (laughs) And it's true. When I'm stressed, I'm in the bathroom. I cannot control my bowels when I'm excessively stressed. Stress management is key to my staying in remission. When I am stressed, I am in flare a lot of the time. It's really not helpful when I'm also like stressed about not being healthy in another way, right? Like, (laughs) so say that like, I have a cold and then I get stressed that I have a cold. Now I have the cold and I have UC symptoms. Like, beautiful. (laughs) It's like compounding sickness. It is the worst. I've been there. It's gross. It's bad. But I deal with it, right? And I take care of my body anyway. If I can manage my stress, I can manage my symptoms. I'm overall happier and healthier. So ask yourself the question, before, during, and after mealtimes, especially, is your body in a fight or flight state? Is it in like its dorsal, chill, fully you relaxed state? Or is it in a withdrawn, hypo aroused kind of state? This will help you answer the question, is your body actually able to receive this food right now? 
Because if you're trying to feed yourself and you're in a stressed state, your body might not be able to fully process, like digest and absorb and receive the nutrients from that food and might react adversely to the food, not because of the food choice, but because of the stress, right? Oftentimes, even in situations like that, we blame the food. We then restrict that food. This can lead to over unnecessary restriction when really the main culprit was stress. And so strengthening your mind-body connection can lead to symptom remission and management. How can we get ourselves to a state where we're ready and able to receive food and overall manage stress, strengthen our mind-body connection? Well, this is where embodiment practices come in. Embodiment is truly the feeling of being in your body so your mind and body can be at harmony. When we're stressed, we're just in the mind. We've popped up into the mind. We're in defense mode. When we feel like withdrawn, we're in that kind of hyperarousal state where we feel like disconnected from other people. We're kind of feeling sunken and depressed and withdrawn. That means we're in a hyperarousal state. It's actually another protective state, but our nervous system is like, no, I'm going to distance myself from the trigger. And so how do we be fully embodied rather than in a protective or reactive state? How do we be in an embodied state instead? We use ground dick techniques. So this could be breath work, right? Wow. Listen to George Ramsey. We did two podcasts together. He's wonderful. He's amazing. He's really introduced me to the power of breath work and how breath work can help shift the nervous system from a fight or flight or freeze state into a grounded state. So powerful attuning to the breath. You can do that at any time. Might sound silly to you, might sound foreign to you, but attuning to the breath is so powerful. Music. Oh, nothing gets me out of my head and into my body like music sometimes, right? Lately, it's been the Fleet Foxes. Sometimes a good like Lady Gaga song, like Bad Romance. I'm just like, oh, you know, and it just gets me out of my mind and into my body. I just love it, you know? I'm curious what what music gets you out of your mind and into your body. What are you jamming to lately that just gets you into your body? I just absolutely love that. Nature does the same thing, right? Getting in nature. It's summer. Get your feet in the grass. Literally ground yourself in the grass. Feel the earth. Ground it, right? Talk and journaling things out. So powerful also can be excessively grounding, especially when you're sharing it with someone that you trust, someone that's able to hold space for you. I've built a practice off of this. I don't know anything more healing than articulating our human experience and sharing it with somebody who can reflect it back to us with care and compassion and love. So powerful and extremely important. We need to be seen, witnessed, and heard in our experiences, especially when we feel quite alone in them, when we're feeling like they're impacting our life and spiraling without us really having control over the situation. And guess what? That's all of us with chronic disease, especially diseases of the colon and the bowel. I mean, it's so hard to share these experiences because they can be sometimes really embarrassing, really threatening, really unpredictable causing a lot of body distrust. Of course. So we have to share them. It's so, it's so healing to do that. I know that you have to be in a place where you're open to share and receive that. But when you do get to that place, it can be very grounding and healing at the same time to feel seen and witnessed in your experience. Lastly, movement. Oh my gosh. Engaging in movement can be so supportive to get you out of your head and into your body. This could be going on a bike ride, jumping on, you know, your spin bike at home if you have one, you know, 
logging into at fit reg muffin, Jamie, <laughs> she has an awesome anti-diet weight inclusive fitness platform that I've been using. It's so wonderful. Um, so I just log on there sometimes just doing some movement with her just makes me feel so happy. Makes me feel so grounded in my body that gets me out of my head and into my body that strengthens our mind body connection every single time, especially when we notice the shift, especially when we notice like, huh, I'm leaving this movement practice feeling less stressed than I did when I came in. I'm noticing, I'm enjoying my life more now than I did before. I'm in my body, I'm less in my head. This helps us do the fourth thing that I'm sharing with you today, which is build back body trust. Of course, we don't trust our bodies if we have chronic disease or any disease. Our bodies are insanely unpredictable. They do things without us knowing, they do things without our consent. (sighs) It's so frustrating sometimes, right? I hear you. And we have to make the decision to take care of our bodies anyway. That's the hardest thing. And by doing that, we decide to work with our bodies rather than against our bodies. And it can be possible to feel all of those angry feelings like body, I don't know why you're reacting this way. I don't know why I have to put up with this. I don't know why God gave me this cross to carry, but I'm gonna take care of you anyway. What a powerful statement that is. When we do that, when we tell our bodies we're there for it anyway, we start to build back trust with our bodies. This is so important, not just in our relationship with food in our bodies, but also just in our life and beyond. This is what really gives us confidence when we trust ourselves, when you trust our bodies. This also goes back to the point of food body congruence. We have to notice what makes the body feel well. What makes the body feel well? Focus on that. We are programmed to focus on the negative because we're built for survival and we need to know the triggers to overcome the triggers to stay alive. <laughs> we need to know that the bear is bad and the bear can hurt us. So we had to protect ourselves against the bear. <laughs> Just really simply stating that. <laughs> but we have to notice the good too, but it takes more effort to do that for sure. It takes in just in life in general, right? It takes more effort to focus on the good. When we do that, We can see that we can trust our bodies. When we see that we can trust our bodies, we can build upon that trust. We can then strengthen our mind-body connection. It can help us be more objective about food choices and about how our body reacts to foods rather than being emotional and mental about our food decisions. And it can help us strengthen our current relationship with food at the same time. So that's the last component. The number four component was to build back body trust, to really learn how to work with your body, not against your body, really understanding that you are the expert of your own body. You don't, nobody knows, nobody knows your body, its cues and sensations and how it responds and reacts to food, to others, the environment, etc. more than you. You are the expert of your own body. Get to know your body get to understand your body so you can then understand your relationship with food and you can understand more about others and more about the world in the process so that you can fully show up more boldly, more brightly, more authentically you because that is honestly what the world needs now more than ever. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. It has been so fun every Monday and Thursday to be here with you at the kitchen table. I cannot express... How grateful. It, honestly, it, gratitude, uh, if I could do gratitude times 10 and just give you an absolute big bear hug <laughs> for being here with me on the show. This has been so fun for me. I have learned so much. I have, 
I feel in many ways improved so much in my articulation, my speaking ability, my ability to, you know, really provide a meaningful message to you here. I'm so glad that you're here to receive it. And I just want to thank you for that. Thank you for being with me here. Moving forward, instead of having two episodes a week, I will be running specials here at the kitchen table. This will be the one year anniversary of the kitchen table coming up. And I'm feeling the need to transition. I'm feeling the need to light a spark for something new. And the kitchen table is not going anywhere, but you can find it being promoted on my Instagram to know when the next episode is going to be. We're going to be taking one to two months off of the kitchen table and reconvening um, at that point. You can know when that is by following on my Instagram, Alicia Brown underscore AB on Instagram, or you can just sign up for my email list. You can sign up by email me, emailing me, Alicia at aliciabrownab.com. Send me an email. Tell me that you want to be on my email list and I will put you on the list. And that way you'll know when a series is coming out at the Kitchen Table podcast. That way you can feel hyped up for the episodes to come here. They're going to be so thoughtful, so well-delivered, so succinct and quality and so good that you're not going to want to miss one. And they're going to parallel other efforts that I have in business coming up. So you're not going to want to miss any of it. You're not going to want to miss any of it. And so you're going to want to follow me at Alicia Brown underscore AB on Instagram to know what's to come in the kitchen table. Like I said, we're going to take one to two months off and then we're going to hop back on with a big, bold series on something really impactful that I haven't magically conjured up yet. And so I want to say thank you. I want to say thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you. Thank you for receiving this message. Thank you for your lovely reviews. Thank you for your love and support. Thank you for your time and effort in listening. I just appreciate you, even though we may have never met and might not meet. I appreciate you. And I thank you for being here. And if you have any last words of love or encouragement or support for me that you want to share. Um, the line of communication is open on my DMs on Instagram or sending me an email again, Alicia at aliciabrownab.com. You can always message me there. I'm not going anywhere. The kitchen table's still going to be here. We're still going to have bomb episodes. They're just going to be a little bit more fun and sporadic than before. And I'm really excited for that. So again, thank you so much for being here. I wish you just an incredible day an incredible few months ahead until we meet again. God bless you. And if you need anything for support, if I can help you in any way in your relationships with food and body right now, you can find me at my email, alicia at aliciabrownab.com or Instagram, aliciabrown underscore AB. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. And we will talk soon.